0: welcome back to spicier than therapy with twin and tear the podcast where we discuss polyamory ethical non-monogamy communication
1: neurodiversity kink and all of the wonderful things that we think go into establishing and maintaining a healthy relationship hi everybody so we had initially planned to share something else with you guys. We were going to, you know, dive further into our poly content. Um, Unfortunately, with news coming out this week about the SCOTUS ruling uh, regarding Roe v. Wade, we decided that we had to take this time to really address something that is important, not just to us personally, but to you, the listeners. If you have been living under a rock, you heard about... You undoubtedly, Unless you've been living under a rock, you have undoubtedly heard about the opinion piece that was leaked from Justice Alito. So that, abortion, Roe v. Wade, all of those things are what we're going to be discussing today. We will not be taking questions, opinions, debates, none of that. Um, we will try to keep this as objective as possible, but undoubtedly, if you followed us for any amount of time, you know our opinions by now. With all of that said, I did want to just give you guys a general content warning because we love you, we respect y'all, and we want to make sure that you know you are all properly uh, warned so that you can be in the best possible headspace to hear this episode today.
0: So, for some background context, what had happened uh, was that on Tuesday, May third, there was a leak from the Supreme Court on Justice Alito's opinion. Reference Roe v. Wade. Now, as we both know, usually those sorts of opinion pieces are accompanying a Supreme Court ruling. Now, they have made sure to state that it is not a ruling, it is not a decision, no votes have been made yet. But we all kind of know where that goes. Like, generally, that's going to accompany something like that.
1: Yeah, this was not at all a surprise to anybody that's been paying attention to the Supreme Court makeup, especially having come from Justice Alito himself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you've been paying attention to the political climate mm-hmm. of the last few years, you kind of saw this coming anyways, right? The Supreme Court nominations and the hearings and things like that, it has been a fight I mean, forever, really, but definitely over the past four to six years, we have seen an escalation in a lot of that. So we knew we may be moving towards this, but really overturning Roe v. Wade, which has been in place for what 50? fifty, yeah, like fifty, 50 years, years as in next year, it's going to have some far-reaching impacts on reproductive rights, not just for women, but with anybody with a uterus. There you go.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, especially with this opinion piece to keep in mind is that Justice Alito specifically mentioned the Casey ruling, the Oberfeld ruling, um, you know, court cases that specifically revolve around the rights and liberties of the queer community. It's incredibly important that we keep that in mind as we move forward, because this isn't just about whether or not somebody can get an abortion This is going to have vast, vastly far-reaching repercussions that we can only begin to fathom.
0: That's a great point. And not only will it have an impact on the current generation, but this will have far-reaching effects on multiple generations to come. I mean, there's been such a big fight for uh, equanimity and equality of rights for women, um, for people in the LGBTQIA community over the last decades. This is going to undo a lot of that.
1: Yeah, this undoes 50 years of precedent. And on top and progress. of- And progress, right? Yeah. And on top of that, you guys, y'all- This is not just about, again, like the legal stuff right now. This is so much further reaching than people even realize, you know, this is directly going to impact people who are within the non-monogamous kink BDSM, you know, however you want to put it, like if you are in any sort of, you know, alternative quote unquote lifestyle, this is going to impact you in one way or another.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to have an effect on those communities that are somewhat marginalized anyways, right there. It's already hard enough being ethically non-monogamous and having that be a socially acceptable thing. Don't even get me started on kink and BDSM. That is such a niche fringe portion of the population that trying to make people understand what the reality of those communities are, very, very difficult. This is going to further marginalize those communities, mm-hmm. not to mention, like you said, the direct medical impact it's going to have on so many people.
1: Right. So with all that said, we do want to just re-emphasize that we will not be debating and we will not be discussing our own feelings uh, regarding a human's right to med- basic medical care. If you can't tell by now what they are, <laughs> feel free to peruse their TikToks. I right. feel like you'll figure it out
0: real quick. If you don't know already, you haven't been paying attention. But if you only know us from the podcast, you may not know. And that's okay. Like, we're not here to just, hey, here's our opinions. We're here to try and talk about this as objectively
1: as possible. As
0: possible. And and really, I I want to just kind of make the point initially too, is that even international law groups like CEDAW have deemed restrictive reproductive rights laws as constituting discrimination against women. This is an international organization. This is not a US-based health organization.
1: Right. Exactly. So with all of that said, We're going to go ahead and jump into how this is going to affect our kink, ENM, polyamorous, and LGBTQIA communities.
0: And I think the part about this whole thing that gets me, I mean, outside of the, hey, we've been seeing this coming for a few years, is that almost in anticipation of this ruling, right? Like as soon as the Supreme Court had enough uber-conservative members stacking the Supreme Court to be able to go back and overturn Roe v. Wade. There were all of these states that started the process of enacting these super archaic and super draconian reproductive rights laws, and it's something like 30 states
1: at this point. I mean, the, the opinion that was leaked was specifically on this case coming out of Mississippi. You know, this is a very scary time to have a uterus, so we, I do really quickly want to mention that, you know, if you need help, if you need support, you know, mental health support, please reach out. I will ensure that we have some resources listed in our show notes and in the description for anybody, um, if you need them. But with that said, we did, like we mentioned, want to get into, you know, the, the further reproductive rights, you know, and, and how the, the further reaching repercussions of what will be the hands of time turning backward.
0: Right. And like we mentioned, this will affect the kink and poly communities. And we kind of wanted to jump in with some ways that it's going to have a direct impact on not only the communities themselves, but the people who are involved in both communities, their own bodily autonomy and their reproductive
1: rights. And a lot of this, a lot of what we're about to go over is going to sound real fear mongery We get it. We understand that a lot of people are going to be like, no, it won't get that bad. No, it's a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope. And it all started with 2016 election when nobody thought that Trump would make it past the primaries. So let's, I mean, we're 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 gonna go into some, you know, worst case drastic scenarios, but y'all, that's not far reaching anymore. And it's not nearly as far reaching as it was six years ago. So with that said you know, one of the first things that we wanted to talk about and one of the most obvious ones is if you have a uterus and you are, you know, non-monogamous at all, and you are having unprotected sex with partners who have a penis and testicles and have not had a vasectomy and they cannot prove that they have had a a vasectomy, you are taking a massive risk not just for your own, you know, overall health anymore, but for your actual safety because if you at all end up pregnant and you are in a state where you are unable to get an abortion, you know, let's be real, these these abortion restrictions are only going to affect the most marginalized, the most, you know, financially unstable, unstable people this is not going to be a matter of, well, oh, well, I can still travel out of state. It'll be fine, you know.
0: Well, and some of those states are enacting laws or trying to enact mm-hmm. laws to make it illegal to travel outside of the state to get an abortion yeah. or to seek reproductive health in other states. I have no idea how they plan to enforce well, that. Well,
1: Texas's website, you Texas, know, their their yeah. their whistleblower website. I mean, that's just the beginning. You know, Oklahoma, I think, start mm-hmm. is going to try and start something like that, too. Right.
0: And anybody that knows me knows I have a lot of love for Texas, specifically because I spent some time there. But some of their more recent laws are outrageous. I even went to a women's rights, a women's reproductive health rights march and rally in San Antonio last year, not saying I don't love Texas, but I do not love what they're doing right now.
1: Fuck Ted Cruz.
0: You know what? I will always say that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know so you know that that leads to again i just want to stress if you have a uterus and you are having unprotected sex with somebody who has a penis and testicles you need to 100 percent make sure that they've had a vasectomy like you just we cannot afford to take that risk anymore you just can't
0: and the whole thing with this is if they do enact this right they do roll back Roe v. Wade and then a lot of these states start in and pass these laws uh, restricting re- reproductive health to this degree, the vetting process and all of the questions you're going to have to have as both an ethically non-monogamous person or a person within the King community is going to have to get so much bigger and yeah. so much more in depth simply because You never know what is going to be safe, who's going to choose to be a whistleblower in Mm -hmm. Texas, you know, things like that. The vetting process, which, you know, at least in King, goes from three to six months generally is going to need to go a lot more in depth and a lot longer, my opinion
1: anyways. Right. Well, and it should be going a lot further anyway. I mean, you know. Y'all, if you know me at all from social media, you know I am a fuckman kind of mentality person. I am a miss I am a proud misandrist and I give no fucks. But in this and case I love it. In this case especially, we really do have to just say, you know what? No, I am not touching you. I am not going near you unless I know that you are sterile. Because y'all, you can't take chances anymore. You cannot risk right. your life anymore. You cannot risk your freedom. Anymore. And again, I know this sounds kind of fear and extreme, but that's the only way change is going to happen. And that's the only surefire way you can protect yourself.
0: And for that, I almost don't feel like it sounds so fear mongery. I know you've mentioned it a couple of times, but I almost don't feel like it goes like it's too far. You know, it's yeah. too far of a stretch simply because for the land of the free and the home mm-hmm. of the brave, as we are, we spend as a country a lot of time on laws that restrict a person's bodily autonomy and their freedom to do as they wish if it's not harming somebody else. I mean, it's that whole, like, it's illegal to collect rainwater. Who is that hurting outside of, you know, some of the capitalist corporations? There are already so many restrictions on our freedom. Now, they are starting to restrict what we do with our own bodies in the privacy of our own home or between ourselves and a medical provider something like that.
1: So we have to keep in mind that this is going to be more than just about, you know, like we said, abortions. This is also going to have far reaching consequences for, you know, situations like gay marriage, you know, non-monogamy. If you're polyamorous, how long do you think it's going to be until they come for you until, you know, these conservative Christian groups get their pundits. To start outlawing situations like we've seen in Shawnee where you can't have multiple partners living in the same house unless you're all directly related either through blood, marriage, adoption, what have you. You know, these are far reaching consequences that, you know, are just going to become more and more prevalent as examples of how far things are going to go down the rabbit hole. And, and I'm so worried that it's not going to just stop
0: here. Right. And there are other states like Arizona has had this law on the books for like a 100 years. And it's always been a joke, right? More than four women cannot live together in the same house. Oh, wow. Like it was, it was kind of known as like the whorehouse law, the, the mm. unofficial, you can't start a brothel, something like that. And it's always been a joke. It's never been enforced. It's kind of one of those things where it's just, oh, it's a throwaway law that nobody's really ever bothered to take off the books. We're starting to see a lot of those things starting to creep up with some sincerity Mm -hmm. in other states, like Twin mentioned with Shawnee. I mean, this isn't going to stop there. Once you start stripping away um, those bodily autonomy rights, it's very, very easy to start adding further restrictions on personal freedom, freedom of expression, freedom to live how you choose to see, how you, how you see fit, right? Freedom Mm -hmm. to live how you see fit. And I don't think it's too far to say, all right, this is the next step. This is coming.
1: And the worst part of this is probably the scariest part for me is the fact that so many of these laws like Shawnee, like Texas rely on whistleblowers. They rely on your friends and neighbors and family to report you. How long is it going to take for that to start being weaponized?
0: Right. I it's mean already
1: it's getting a, weaponized.
0: It's a call back to Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451, mm-hmm. where they would neighbors would call the police on their neighbors who, mm-hmm. you know, had books and things like that. I mean, it's it is that sort of dystopian future. That we have always feared, right? Mm-hmm. And there have been so many cautionary tales, movies, books, things like that. Slowly but slowly, mm-hmm. our society has been adding those laws onto our books.
1: Well, and again, we need to remember you know, I, I know this, this comparison was made a lot when he was elected um, back in 2016, but y'all, a lot of these policies that are being enacted right now were enacted in some form or another. By Nazi Germany. And the whistleblowing aspect in particular was a major part of the win for Nazi Germany. It is not a stretch to compare the two, to look at these situations that we have here, look at situations that we had then, and realize how eerily similar they are becoming. So, as we mentioned earlier, this goes beyond just. You know the situations that we've kind of already talked about. This really does come back to your safety and well-being. Um, particularly if you are in any of the communities that we've already mentioned, you really need to. If you have a uterus or care about somebody that does, you really need to focus on protecting yourself or them right now. In getting vasectomies, making sure you're always using contraceptives, making sure that there is no way that you can put their life and liberty at risk.
0: And I would like to see more men stand up for women's rights and for reproductive rights. This is not a women, female, or person with a uterus-led only fight. We have so many male friends, you know, in our personal lives, they're absolutely out there willing to stand up, go to the marches, go to the rallies, do all these things. But I feel like we need a bigger call to action from men in society because, like it or not, we do exist within a patriarchal society, which sucks. And I spent a lot of time, and so do you, Twin, mm-hmm. talking about dismantling that patriarchy privilege within society. But the reality of our situation is, it still exists. And in order for us to change this for reproductive rights for people, it's going to take the involvement of more men as well, fighting right alongside.
1: This is going to take the long-term commitment and involvement of everyone. Absolutely. You guys, y'all, midterms are coming up. Midterms are now in some states. You have to get out and vote. This is not a situation where we can just, you know, put our head in the sand and give up and pretend everything is fine or ignore Mm -hmm. everything and say, fuck it. You have to get out there and vote. I would say right to your Congress people, but let's be real. Republicans aren't listening and they haven't in, Republicans haven't listened to people in eight years unless it served their purpose. So if you are in a Republican led state, I sympathize with you. So are we. Here's what you need to do. Get out and vote. Get other people to vote. Volunteer to get people to the polling places. Volunteer to drive people if you can or have the availability. Do whatever you can.
0: And we've seen it working in some of these deeply, deeply red states over the past few midterm elections. Like I talk about Arizona a lot because I used to live there for a while. That was one of the most deeply red entrenched states in the entire nation, absolutely in the Southwest. And it turned purple last Mm -hmm. election. It's possible you can actually get out there and make a difference and- it's starting at the local election level, being able to go out and support the AOCs of the world who are willing to put their own livelihood on the line to stand up for what they believe in and what is right, no matter if their own party is supporting them or not. And I think that's been one of the biggest things for me that I've seen is like, you get some of these newcomers to the left, like AOC and things like that, that are educated, well-spoken, outspoken, and passionate about the equality and welfare of people in general, not Democrats, not Republicans, humanity in general. And they're out there not even garnering the support of their own party, even though they're walking in well-equipped to a lot of these hearings, to a lot of these debates and discussions, they came to play. I would like to see more folks like that at the local level.
1: And we want to make sure that everyone that's listening, you know, you know, today or tomorrow, whenever, you have to have hope that things will get better. And I know, I know it's hard. I know we're all exhausted. I'm exhausted. I know how tired we all are. I know how difficult it is, you know, not knowing how safe you are going to be in the next 5, 10, 20 years.
0: It's a scary time.
1: But you can't give up. If this week's news does anything, I hope it pisses you off. Right. And you get out there and you say enough is enough. And we take back our freedoms. We take back our liberties. And you fight like hell. Because that is the only thing that is going to make a difference anymore. You just can't give up.
0: Right. The time to be apathetic is over. Like, you know, you and I talk a lot about it's not enough to just be anti something. Right. Right. It's not enough to just be anti racist or, you know, not support any of those things. You have to actively oppose it, actively fight against it. You cannot just sit by and let other people within the country dictate the direction of your life and the people around you. And again, I don't care if you are a Democrat or a Republican or an Independent, whatever. It's about humanity and human rights and equality for all you can have those same beliefs and feelings no matter what side of the U.S. political spectrum or aisle that you are on. You need to have that empathy and appreciation for humans and for the equality of all. And I feel like we get so caught up in the back and forth, you know, red versus blue, this team versus this team. It's the entire two-party system that has been failing us for so long because it pits us against each other rather than unites us around the equality and well-being of humanity as a whole. And I feel like that is a very large missed opportunity for us socially.
1: And I do want to leave you all on a quote that is frequently miscredited. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. That is not the full quote. The entire speech was given by philosopher John Stuart Mill Um, at the University of St. Andrews. And I wanted you all to hear those words before we leave you today. Let not anyone pacify his conscience by the delusion that he can do no harm if he takes no part and forms no opinion. Bad men need nothing more to compass their ends than that good men should look on and do nothing. He is not a good man who, without a protest, allows wrong to be committed in his name and with the means which he helps to supply because he will not trouble himself to use his mind on the subject. So thank you so much for sticking with us today. We know this was a bit of a heavier topic and not as important one though. Yeah. Not as carefree as we usually are. (laughs) Um, But again, if you're tired, if you're scared, if you are anxious, So, are we? You're not alone. And as I mentioned earlier, I will make sure that there are resources in the description for the show uh, for anybody that needs a little extra support right now. Because, again, you're not the only one. So, on that note, um, especially this week, make sure to be kind to yourself, be kind to others, give yourself grace, love, and patience. And, of course,
0: and more importantly, Go out and vote. Go out and do good shit for yourself and for humanity as a whole. We have lots of love for you.
1: Bye.